Hello and welcome to Not So Secular, the place where we talk about how the world we live in is not as secular as we often think. We just choose to see it that way. My name is Mon Reyes, I am a youth missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. For this episode, I am joined by a friend of mine, his name is Jerome C. I'll let him introduce himself later, but the short version of it is that he is a co-missionary of mine and that he has a YouTube channel called Fishcracker Faith. I invited him to join me to talk about something that you might have heard from someone before, or maybe it's something that you might have even said. This is something that I hear from people who claim to be agnostic or an atheist. This apparent contradiction between faith and science. We'll talk about that as well as some adjacent topics such as asking questions within the context of faith, within the context of the church. Is it something that we encourage enough? Is it something that we should be doing more? All that and more coming right up. Hi, Jerome. It's good to have you here. <laughs> Could you introduce yourself um, for, for the listeners here who might not know you yet? Tell them about who you are, tell them about what you do, and uh, about your channel, which we'll, we'll mention in a bit. Okay, go. Right. Right. All right. So, hi, guys. I'm, my name is Jerome. Uh, Ray Jerome C. I'm a, I'm a missionary, like uh, I'm on here. We're co-missionaries in the Light of Jesus family. Uh, this is this is my full time, full time uh, employment, full time mission, uh, and then on the side, uh, I, I do usually freelance video production and content creation work, uh, and then I'm also an amateur YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I have a channel called Fishcracker Faith. Uh, and uh, before expounding, you might wanna yeah, ask yeah. some questions there. <laughs> so yeah, go uh, Fishcracker Faith. That, that's what your channel is called. So why why Fishcracker Faith? Um. What kind of videos do you produce? Um, what what is it for? What do you hope to accomplish with your channel? Right. Um, well, the personal reason Fishcracker Faith is just a place where I could express myself because I've always wanted a YouTube channel and I always wanted to express myself. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Uh, but also the missional aspect of it is I kind of always wanted to talk about my faith. But the the problem is sometimes you talk about you talk about a certain aspect of your faith that people have no ground upon and no idea about like where to start. And so Fishcracker Faith is just that uh, that place where people can have an idea about what your faith is. So as mm. the, ta- the tagline of the show is Faith Bite-Sized, so at least the show strives to give a bite-sized account of faith like, yeah. like why why should you have faith or or what does it mean to have to have this kind of faith here or trying to explain uh the usual aspects of our faith like the holy spirit like uh idols like where do we put our our faith upon how should we act as christians uh and and what god and, and jesus calls us to do uh it's just to make it simple and just to make it easy to digest you know like mm. fish crackers yeah yeah, would you say that it aims to inform or educate people about the oh. faith in a how would you 
fish cracker. So bite size, diba? Yeah. I remember ako, when, when I was younger, actually until now, eh, uh, I like eating fish crackers. I'm from Malabon. Eh. And there was this one place yes. before where we used to buy fish crackers. Na parang, I think parang tigo one kilo or half kilo. And fish oh, crackers, yung, yung if you've like seen, yeah, fish crackers, they weigh almost nothing. So if you have a one kilo fish cracker, imagine kung gaano kalaka yun. Imagine how big, uh, yeah. how big of a bag that is. And we used to buy those and I would eat those. Merong siyang spicy at yung regular and I would oh, eat yeah. those when I would watch movies before before <laughs> why 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 before because <laughs> I, I don't know where to buy I mean I used to buy it ah, when, when we okay. lived in Malabone but now um, I don't know where to get it like I, I don't know where I could buy it. maybe I could look for yeah. sources if some of you listeners here know where I can buy bags of fish crackers let me know <laughs> but yeah bite-sized um, bite-sized bits of the faith and I think that that's a good I think that's a good place to come from because I think there are extremes when it comes to the faith. I think there are these people who talk super... Um, how would you put this? They, they, would, they talk super parang highfalutin. I'm looking for the right word. Yeah. Parang super up there yeah. when it comes to the faith and philosophy and this and that to the extent that it's not, it's not understandable or it's not reachable to the lay, the regular lay person, yeah. to the average person. Even if they're not, especially if they're not a churchgoer. And then you have this other extreme where people, you know, they profess as Catholics and, you know, we live in the Philippines. A lot of people are just baptized because that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, it's not really something that we take seriously. It's not really something that we take the time to understand and learn. It's just something that's there. It's just mm, something that's, that's, that's present. So I think what you're doing is, is important in that sense. Now, um, to try to bring people who might be, Am I, am I, tell me if I'm, I'm describing this right. Uh, to bring people who might be wanting to learn or starting out into understanding more about particular areas of the faith and how it applies to their lives. Was I able yeah. to characterize that well? That's, that's, that's about right. Uh, the channel was was really aimed for for people who are Catholics already, but have mm. no idea about their faith yet. So it's kind of like a catechesis channel. Right. Although bring I'm not a catechist. <laughs> yeah, to like uh bring it deeper. Your your analogy on, on fish crackers kind of made me reflect then, because I can't eat fish crackers now. I used to eat like fish crackers a lot, but apparently I have like this allergic uh, reaction when I eat too much. Ganon. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Sanyo <laughs> Because of the fish, like seafood. Or I don't something. know. Like I'm, I'm okay with with regular fish and regular seafood. So maybe just there's just crackers. with with how how fish crackers are produced. But <laughs> I remember when uh when we used to buy like fish crackers, uh you can't just stop at one. You're gonna feeling. Right. And and that's the kind of thing. Uh, I I would like fish crack fish cracker faith to have. Or I am striving really to go towards, which is after like listening one, you'd be so interested in your faith that you can't stop at just one video, mm. and it makes you in the end really want to pursue Christ. Uh, I don't know who said it, but I, I I forgot the saint who said it, but they said Scripture is a place where a lamb can wade and an elephant can swim can swim mm. through. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. Beautiful. So so like uh, for for anyone. Who is probably interested or who wants to know a bit more about their faith? Fishcracker faith is, is a way or is a gateway that uh, they might uh, engage in their faith, and where something can be stirred in their hearts so that they would want to pursue, uh, their faith more. Right. So so like, yeah. 
Sige, let's talk about that. I think that's very interesting. Let's talk about faith in particular. Because mm. I think there's this there's this perception of faith that people tend to dislike. How would you put this? Na, there, there's this there's this perception, especially online, this, these are the type of things that you see posted. That in the church, okay, in the church, you're not allowed to ask questions. You're you're just mm. supposed to have faith, right? Um you're reprimanded for doubting or um you're told to okay, you, you shouldn't ask those questions or that it's a mystery. <laughs> people don't like these things. Um people don't like it when they they're told to just right. have faith. And well, it's a different thing eh, when we try to think about does this actually happen? Or I'm sure it, it does happen. It has ex- it has been experienced by someone, but it's a different conversation to discuss how often does it truly happen or is it just yeah. more of a shared sentiment? But what do you think about that? What are your insights on that? Where do you think does that come from? Or do you even think that that's a proper definition of faith <laughs> I mean mm. yeah th- uh, I think that those are different questions altogether yeah you can go, uh, go through it part by part right right uh, I was kind of thinking why why does this happen a lot and I think I feel like it's just poor catechesis like uh, some t- parang the reason why you're not asked to question is because they have no answer mm. <laughs> so that? Parang, parang yung strict it, na prof na mm-mm. terror pero Hindi naman and that's why he imposes. Kasi... Yeah, so so like it's it's kind of easier to handle people that way. To like mm. uh if if you want to assign malice, which I, I would disagree, uh some people would say na it's to keep you in the dark from the truth. But I, I think the reality is they just don't know what they're talking about. Or like they, they want to know what they're talking about, but they don't know enough. And and some and kaya parang Minsan they just say, I don't know, just have faith. Just just believe in it. And yeah, and, and I think the second thing is we've taken it for granted. Parang the underlying part of it is we've taken it for granted. Na parang we've been a Catholic country for so long that we don't really bother learning about our, our faith to begin with. That's why parang these people could argue na, no, we're, we're Catholic naman kasi, so maniwala ka na lang. Yeah, like it's part of our culture naman so you don't have to like question about it mm. so so ayan, I think it's that it's it's avoiding to rock the boat because they don't know how to uh, counter steer I, I, I think see. that's uh, that's an issue there what yeah. do you think? I, I like how you're responding to this because you're drawing toward two things or both sides at least because um, first you mentioned catechesis so on the side of the church, or maybe not the church, even just religious institutions and Catholic mm. schools, some Catholic schools. I don't want to overgeneralize, um, but this is something that does happen sometimes at times. When well, What you were saying, it's just poor catechesis that the faith isn't taught as well as it should. And I think uh, Bishop Barron also talks about this, about how sometimes the faith is, the way it's explained to people is it's as if it's for kids all the time. We we, we constantly assume that people don't know about or people are not smart enough to handle certain things and so we try to take it the most basic you know what people might consider common sense like oh magmahal ka ng kapwa share your belongings and these stuff and of course these are very real things these are very true things but it's more than that and in fact in fact the, the riches of our church goes beyond explaining why we even have why we even see these things are as good why why we even mm. have morality so i think the, there there is a need yo know, there is a need for better 
avenues of teaching um, the faith when it comes to the people who would like to share it, people who would like to evangelize and catechize and disciple. So I, I like that first part that you said. I also like the second part that you said, Now this time it's not just about the people who should be teaching it, it's about the people who should be learning it. <laughs> Since it's so normal, or not normal, it's so common that people are baptized into the faith but they don't really they're not taught into it. They're they're you know, they're sacramentalized, but they're not catechized. Um, it's so easy to take it for granted. It's so easy to to ask these questions. Now, when you encounter that one philosophy prof, forgetting one in college, who asks you all of these crazy questions about evil, um, the existence of evil, about these other gods, and ganyan ganyan. Uh, it's supposed to be about philosophy, but sometimes it tends not to be. And about these <laughs> kinds of thinking, na, oh, na parang it's about, and they, they try to interpret religion as if it's some sort of whatever it may be. Um, yeah. And people face that, those questions, and they don't know they don't know Not what to do with answer. it. Oh, yeah. It pushes them sometimes towards unbelief. And I think the problem with that is, is we stop at the questions and we we don't really seek for further answers. Mm. Oh, okay. Actually, oh, no. How can God be good if evil exists? But then we stop there. We should be asking further. We should oh, be learning right, further because right. there are answers. Yeah. It's not like it's the first time someone asked this question, but yeah, sorry, I cut you off. What were you? No, saying? no, 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 it's it's fine because I, I I was interrupting where you had it, a different point because I because I agree with you. We can't really stop at the questions, but mm. another thing is we've never encouraged it because uh, yeah, there's a thinking that we should never ask about about our faith because you, you should just have faith in Jesus and this could be a cultural thing as I've mentioned na parang katoliko naman tayo lahat you know and so you should just you should just believe in our faith but I think the second part is we've never encouraged people to ask questions we all, we've always framed that when you ask questions it's a bad thing but um, to, to go back to a lot of our saints uh, the reason why they were able to get to get and to gain the wisdom they have now is because they've allowed themselves to ask that question mm-hmm. uh, while, while they still have faith in, in God because of their faith in God actually they've, they've been led to, to these questions okay so, so God I know that you're good for an example God I know that you are good but there is evil in this world mm-hmm. why? And and that's where their faith suddenly starts to to go deeper, but what happens in our generation now is is we've taken it so much for granted that we've never been encouraged to to ask questions. It's been a norm so much that uh, the the mere uh, the the mere facts about Christ, the mere truths about about God and about Jesus, never get to be asked. And and I guess to to our point a while ago. Are discouraged because it just means you don't have enough faith. Mm. I think these are experiences that can be very. Um, these are things that they remember. These are things that when they share, people resonate with. Even if, because there are parishes and there are Christian communities, Catholic communities who are very open to these types of things, but because of because of certain heightened experiences that some people share i think yeah because what you're saying also happens what you're saying also happens na people are not encouraged to ask questions well i guess what we need to figure out from here is how do we go forward because this is something that we don't want to continue right this is something that we want to learn to grow into Mm. yeah because that's what 
that, that's part of what these questions are for, right? Questions, we, we run into questions when we reach the end of what we know. That's why we ask. And yeah. that's not Ooh. a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing because that pushes us to go further. That pushes us to go deeper and to explore uncharted territory. And I understand why some people might be might be hesitant to go there because it's terrifying to explore uncharted territory. Mm, wouldn't that you say? That is true. Yeah, parang, um, we always make this joke in the feast of parang, it's time to get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> but if we're being honest, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hate comfort oh, zones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, it's a secular thing as well. Like, like parang, you kind of right, hear it right, with right. a lot of motivational speakers. Uh, but like the comfort zone, it's, it's like the scary place. But let's face it, we don't like going out of our comfort zones because it's so yeah, easy. It's not parang, nice. I don't want to be challenged. It I don't feel want good. to. I don't want my worldview to come crashing down. Right, you know? right, uh, right. It's it's easier to believe in what I believe now if I never hear about about this certain if if I never hear about this certain truth. Maybe maybe that's another thing. Na parang pe- uh, people have been so comfortable with their faith and ha- that mm. uh, they or lack of have, faith or lack of faith that that they've never bothered to explore. Maybe what the other side can, what the other side offers, so that it could uh, enrich your side, but then also to look into your side and to see how much deeper your faith goes, and and to see how much more this uh, your faith and and your belief in God can give you. Mm. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe it was also also this. It was at the back of my mind, Kanina, and and. If if you want to correct, okay, lang then. The definition of faith has always been Hebrews chapter. It's it was in Hebrews. I forgot. I, please forgive me, our <laughs> listeners. If eleven, me yeah. eleven verse two. Let's look it up. Yeah, it's in Hebrews eleven. Yeah, but anyway, it goes like this: is like faith is the confidence. absence of. Confidence in what, in what hope is hoped for, for yeah. the assurance of things that we do not see. Right, right. And like, uh, people misconstrue that to mean so you don't need to see. Faith is just uh, faith is just faith is not to see is to believe. To believe is to see, and and that means you just need to have faith. You just need to believe, and and then you're gonna see it. Or you just mm. need to have faith, and then you don't need you just you don't need to have evidence. the way it's been misconstrued is okay. So you don't need evidence. You just need to believe. Mm, yeah, sometimes people take it as something that even goes against evidence. That despite yeah. the evidence, you're supposed to believe. Yeah, because that's faith, right? And of yeah. course, that's, that's just not true, right? Yeah. So, so I think with that definition, that has has led people to believe that uh, you should not ask questions because mm. you, know? you just need faith. You just need to yeah. to have faith, you know. Yeah. And which is funny. I mean, this is also what uh, our friends on the other side really uh, fight us for. Oh, fight against us for because they believe that we don't believe in evidence or mm. or that uh, we don't really believe in the scientific method. So so we're not rigorous and and empirical with with how we believe in God, mm. and and that's why that's how they attack us. And which I mean, there's there's some merit into into their criticisms because. I mean, a lot of uh, Christians. Uh, <laughs> Some people do get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, and a lot of Christians really don't bother asking questions because okay, they've been told okay. not to ask questions if they want to have faith. You know. Mm. Sige, why don't we go further into what you were saying about faith and science? I think that's a that's a particular way that this is um, 
people experience this in, people people witness this in, this apparent contradiction between faith and science because it seems like, okay, from the outside, it seems like faith tries to hold on to things that cannot be proven by science or tries to hold on to things that were disproven by science or at least that's what mm. people think, that there is a yeah. disconnect between faith and science, right? So what's the, what's what, what do we do with that? Um, what do you think about that? Do you agree yeah. with it? Uh, well, I, I mean, let me let me answer like with a short <laughs> a short answer. It's no, I don't I, I don't agree that there is a conflict between science and faith. But I guess as a long answer, I kind of get where where these people are coming from. Because because again, we we as as Christians, for example, we we hold the truth of the Bible. We we hold that the Bible reveals reveals some truth. But then when you read Genesis. And it says that the world was created in six days, but then you also have scientific evidence that say that the world, that the Earth was billion was how old? Like nine billion years old? Nine billion years old? I'm not sure old? about the numbers, I, I mean, but yeah. it's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. And but, uh, th- there's that contradiction, and and because they've heard that the faith, uh, they've heard that the Christianity holds that the Bible is true, and the Bible writes this there, and then science believes otherwise. Therefore, there is a conflict. Ganon. Which is una, we don't at least for Catholics, we don't believe solely in the Bible as the sole arbiter, uh, sole arbiter, sole source of truth. Source, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's number one, at least for Catholics. And then number two, it's uh, it was written with a different audience in a different genre, mm. and a style we're of just writing. Re- yeah, a style of writing that that we're just reading reading into our own context now. Like, we have to understand, like, Genesis was written uh, maybe two, three thousand, four thousand years ago. I'm kind of off in my numbers. I'm really sorry. The written (laughs) version, at least. But before it was written, it was already available in its oral form. The stories were already being passed down. So it's it's existed for even thousands, I I would presume, thousands more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very old story. Yeah. Mm. And also it's not it was written not as a scientific textbook that tells you how exactly something was created, you know, but it, it answers a really different question. But we're reading it in our modern context as if this is exactly what happened and we we just need to see the proof in the world that this is exactly how it happened. And and to see evidence on to the to the contrary of that and, and also with the belief that uh, we hold this to be true. Uh, kind of shows like a quote unquote conflict between between our between science and and faith, yeah. So that's a long answer, but that's just one answer to many many directions to that question. But yeah, that's important, especially what you pointed out with the literary genre, the literary style, because um, I think what people don't think about a lot is that the Bible is a library. Uh, it's like walking into a bookstore. There are different types of books and you read different types of books differently, right? Uh, you would read a cookbook differently from how you would read something like true Philippine ghost stories. I hope so. And, uh, you would read someone's biography or autobiography differently as you would read like a young adult novel, uh, hopefully. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we have different expectations for these things. Yeah. yeah can you imagine like uh it's it's supposed to be a biography but you're reading it like a young adult fiction and then you're suddenly complaining where's the romance where's the kissing scenes i want to <laughs> yeah yeah right, you were thinking about oh harry potter is not believable because there's no way wizards exists like of, of course <laughs> there's no way wizards exist like <laughs> and but that's not the point that's not the point and the thing about the thing about 
even um sabihin natin like ganyan um allegories or y- y- dif- different kinds of stories different kinds of narratives can portray truth or can communicate truth but they do it mm. in different ways yeah right uh, that's why there are certain literary classics like um, 1984 and like um, crime and punishment and there are certain literary classics that have stood the test of time and aside from them just being good stories i think part of the reason why it has stood the test of time is because it's able to communicate something within the story itself within the text itself it's able to communicate a truth and in in some parts of the bible is like that a good example would be a more obvious example would be the parables when jesus would teach about like the lost son the prodigal son it doesn't literally mean that there was a son there was a lost oh that there was a son who who went away from his dad taking half of his or, or his share of the property and ended up losing it it doesn't mean that there's a historical figure behind that right but the story is there to deliver a point a point about god's love a point about about the the attitude of the pharisees whom jesus mm. was telling this story to right. and uh, but but there is there are some truths in there that reveal some stuff about god now granted there are also parts of the bible that are historical just like jesus is rising from the tomb right that's not metaphorical but it's 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 helpful to understand the differences between these texts and so i think it let's let's it's reel back a bit into into what we were discussing about science what about the parts of our faith that seemingly cannot be proven by science what do you think about that stuff like i don't know miracles and prayer or or that even god exists i think that's something that that that's contested by people that there's just no scientific evidence that god exists right what do you think about that right um well i i don't really see a contradiction because science science isn't really uh, a way to prove that parang science really just bothers itself science concerns itself with with material things and and with how ma- how material things come to be but uh i mean god in and of itself god is immaterial so how exactly can we prove god exists if god in and of itself is is not material you know so so God, science can can prove God exists because God is is beyond science. So we would need something that other than science to explain our our faith. Maybe and also on on another note, sometimes science science can't explain other other uh, other phenomena. Maybe the idea of morality, like science science maybe can tell us why uh, can tell us why our brains think like this. Perceive uh, like, pain. Like, um, yeah, like, like why, why do they see pain as this, or why are we compassionate and all that? Maybe they could only explain it from the brain, but they can't. But science can't explain why. Like, but but why does the brain feel like this? But why is the brain wired this way? Why do we believe that there is good and bad? But science can't explain that, so it would it would need something else, because again, science uh science only answers usually the material world. Or uh, I guess how how it's been put is like science just explains the how, but science can never answer with a how a question of why. Mm. So like why does why is there something rather than nothing, or or why do why why are there miracles? You know, uh, to be to be Christian about it. You know, and so um, science isn't able to because science wasn't designed to. 
answer okay. answer those questions. Uh, I, I want to be able to get further into that because that's that's a very interesting trail that you've set out there. Um, but I want to pause a bit on one of the things that you mentioned, which is good and evil. Um, I've I've heard it described in this way before. Eh? There are certain what we're referring to are objective standards of good and evil. That there are just some things that are good and it's just good, and there are some things that are just bad. It's bad, no matter how you take it, no matter what context it takes place. It's evil. One of the ways that I've heard this described is in the form of like if you look back to um the Second World War, if the Nazis won, would that then mean that what they did in the concentration camps, their their capturing of the Jews, would that would that have been good if they were the ones who wrote history? Because, because that's what we say, but it's the victors who write history. But if they were the ones who won World War too, and they were the ones who wrote history, does does that make it good then? The things that they did, and the answer is the answer is no, because good and evil is not about power. Good and evil exists outside of power. And another example would be rape. Rape is bad. In any case, in any circumstance, regardless, even if you were you were sabihin natin coerced to it, or if it's just bad, and we have we know that it's bad, even though we can't prove it scientifically. Like, how do you prove that scientifically that something is just inherently evil? It we may prove that it's it causes pain, we may prove that it causes harm, but there are certain things that we would allow, certain pains that we would allow if it yeah. means better things there are certain sacrifices that we would make if it means um arriving at better at better ends but there are some things that you're just not supposed to cross regardless and that those are objective definitions of evil and part of why we have that is not because of science right there's there's an objective basis standard of morality okay would you like to add to that or would you like to go ahead on yeah, the science and, part? And it, <laughs> it's not planted on man. I wanted to say na parang mm, mm. If, it, if it was uh if it was planted on man then man could always change his mind. Mm, yeah, yeah. If 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 it was people who decided that this is good and this is bad, then people can also decide that maybe this is not as bad as we think. Maybe this is yeah. good. Mm. Which and, people uh, have done in the past. Yeah, let, let's not have that conversation. I believe our listeners already have uh, thoughts in mind about what we're referring to, so let's not go there. But uh, the <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the idea that uh, because if if we plant it on man and man knows what is good for himself, yeah, sure, maybe. But how do we know that that is good? If it comes from us and we we can just choose, parang it's good today and then it's not good tomorrow, or like it's bad today but then it's 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 not bad tomorrow. Uh, and it becomes fluid, and and because it's fluid and it doesn't have anything to stand on, then it just becomes some. It it just becomes a way to legitimize someone who has enough power and influence to change it. I I often hear this described in the when 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 we're describing what is evil, right? Like the the examples that we mentioned. But I think one great example of the good of the objective good is human dignity. And that's something that we talk a lot about in the church, right? That every right. person, human being, regardless of whether they're male or female, regardless of whether they're able or disabled, regardless of what their race is, what their ethnicity is, where they're coming from, whether they're completely fine psychologically, physiologically, or maybe they have certain problems with their body or with their mind. Regardless, they have value. They have dignity. They have rights. And these are things that we claim as 
coming from God as being made in the image of God. So we don't cross that line. We don't kill weaker people because society would be better off without them. We don't do that. Why? Because this is something that we hold on to just as an objective truth, not because it's something that was proven by science. People matter regardless of who they are, regardless of where they're coming from. And even if they're bad people, they matter. And so we also have, we even have rights for pursuing someone who is at large. We even have, we, 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 we have a way of looking at these things, of dealing with these matters that, um, we hold as just presumed truth that we, we don't we don't really question it we don't really or sometimes people do but it's just wrong <laughs> it's just wrong when you when you uh, we can see the error when people try to um, try to be willy-nilly about these things yeah I mean to, to bring it back to the science part if, if we try to explain human dignity through science, Science is gonna tell you there's no human dignity. Why? Because we're just a lump of cells. We're we're just a collection of cells. Yeah, what so separates us from the so, animals, right? Yeah. So why don't we? Why don't animals share the same rights as humans? Or or rather, why do we hold human beings and human dignity to a higher level? Something like that. And and that's a whole. With if if you start thinking that way, then it leads you to places that would be destructive to hmm. to society in general. Yeah. And uh, that's what happens when you really just focus on science. When when you feel like science is just, is just the only way to explain what's happening in the world, and all other explanations other than science is inferior to science. And with that kind of thinking, this could happen. Parang it could it could degrade human dignity. It could tell you that human humans don't actually matter in this world. That you don't actually matter in this world because who are you? Who are you? Eh, before okay. Uh, People who hold science to this to this pedestal also argue that uh, the universe is like 14, 14 billion years old and 92 billion light years in diameter. That's how big the universe is. Why do you think God would care for you? Because of the magnanimity of, of the universe. They, they would argue that. So really, this this is where it leads. If, if you really just believe in science, then... There is no importance. Parang what you hold important. Yeah, it can't even decide what is important because science just tells you what it is. But to decide if it's good or not or if it's important is a different question altogether, and, and it requires a different study altogether. It's a question of value, which comes first than others. And these are things that we ask in philosophy class, not in science classes. Mm, that's Something true. like the trolley experiment, right? When we're when we have to think about the trolley experiment is is the trolley is going to run over one person, but you have the choice if you're gonna pull the lever. Oh, it's gonna run over five people, but you have the choice if you're gonna pull the lever and let it run over one person. Um, and so these things are philosophical questions. What makes something? What makes an act good? And what makes an act bad? And we don't we don't really use science to determine that because there. Are, well, what we do is we use human reason. What we do is we use philosophy. What we do is we measure, okay, what is valuable, what is not? What should? What are certain things that lines that should not be crossed? What are certain? And this is this is this is very important as we try to understand our our worldview. And I hope the listeners don't get us wrong here. We're not harping on science. We're not science. Oh, we papers. love science. <laughs> we don't uh... hate science. It's good. And in fact, if the faith really is true, then it's not supposed to contradict with science as well. That, yeah, that's true. Right. Mm. 
And Kanina, you, you were saying something about the how question and the why question. Would you like to elaborate further on that? Right, yeah. I wanted, <laughs> I was thinking, should I talk about the, the four causes of Aristotle? But then I was thinking, nah, you're, you're gonna show off that way. So <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make it as, as simple to explain as possible where if I listen to it, I'm like, okay, I get it. So, uh, science, because it, it, it really bothers itself more, it bothers, it really concerns itself more with, with how things happen. Like, like, how did we come to be? So, so the idea of the Big Bang is not really a question of why, but like, how did the universe come to be? Ganun. How but, does uh, things work? How yeah, do things work? So, mm. that's, that's really what's, what science bother, uh, concerns itself. So, it's parang, uh, how does life, uh, multiply? How does life occur? Uh, how does life begin? Uh, then, uh, what is matter made of? Th- those are really questions of how, or questions that is of material, material cause, you know. Then, uh, but then, like, uh, faith, or I would say theology. Mm. Uh, theology concerns itself with, uh, with a why. But, so why are we here? Uh, why is there something other than nothing? Why did we come to be? Why are we human beings? Purpose. Why is, why do we have a purpose? Why is there, why is there love? Why why are there emotions? Why are there uh universal human rights? You know, parang those are those are things that faith answers. Uh and like uh just to give an example, why why do we have inherent value? Because we are made in the image and likeness of God. That's uh that's something that theology can give an answer to, but that science can even if it tries, can never reach that that uh, form of can cannot even reach that sophistication. Cannot even reach that that explanation. I guess a good example of that would be if if you were going through therapy or counseling, um, one of the things that some of the things that might be recommended to you is to straighten out your habits. Do you sleep on time? Um, do you eat right? Um, do you are you employed? Do you have routines? Do you have something that you're looking forward to? Do you have goals? And these might be some things that are important to sort out because um, human beings don't just they don't just live on bread alone, right? They they need value. They need we're looking for meaning. We're we're looking for purpose, and that's why it's important for us to be to be kumbaga. Um, looking forward to something or knowing that we are part of something greater all of these things that are they sound cliches because they're talked about a lot um so understanding how the mind works and understanding how our body works and how the two are connected with each other could help us arrive at certain practices and certain encouragements that would be helpful for us to maintain our sanity but it doesn't answer the question of why why are we beings of meaning in the first place? Why do we need that? Why do we need something bigger? Why do we need something to look forward to? Like, where does that even come from? Right, right. And and that's uh, something that uh, theology and, and philosophy really offers. That yeah, they were made for greater. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that, I know that doesn't end it there, but I'm kind of... Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we're kind of simplifying some concepts here and there for the sake of time. And th- I agree. There, there's so much more that we could dive into as we... Maybe if we get to discuss this more in a future date. Um, Would but you yeah. guys like it in the future? <laughs> like and subscribe, <laughs> Like and subscribe. <laughs> Tell your friends. <laughs> and, uh, Share it. Give a five star review. Let us know if you guys are interested. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, 
But that's true. Eh? Uh, uh, going back, if if faith has a way of of leading us to truth, science has mm. a way of leading us to truth, and the thing about truth is that it doesn't contradict itself. And so, if science as a process, because science is a process, right? Um, a process of learning. If science as a process is being done right, then it it should not contradict truth in the mm. same way that if our faith is being exercised correctly, if it's not, you know, the false kind of faith that you were talking about a while ago where you're just forced to believe regardless of what you think. Um, if our faith is being exercised correctly, then it should also align with the truth. And in fact, the science and faith can work together and have worked together throughout the centuries. And in fact, we have a lot of we have a lot of people in the scientific community who have religious backgrounds because they understand that that creation was made beautiful that there's something to be discovered there planted by god and that we are made to be stewards of it and uh, that was actually one of the main push of why the world was deemed as worth exploring in the first place right yeah i I was kind of gonna (laughs) i was gonna mention that but then kind of mentioned it already i was listening to to like a podcast and then like this was a father this was a priest like giving a podcast i no, no, no. actually i started listening to the podcast and then i i knew that who i was listening to was a particle physicist but then he started mentioning in the middle of his talk like okay so father so i'm father this and this and then wait 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 wait. he's a priest (laughs) but i had i had to i had to check and double check because our culture really tells us that parang science and faith Science and faith really conflict with each other, but in fact, um, it is faith because, as you've said, like, parang faith really tells us that the world is intelligible because God is discoverable and intelligible. The world that He created must be good and and understandable mm. and, and, and intelligible worth and, and worth and exploring, worth cultivating. That, yeah, and that's why we study it. That's why that's why we want to learn more about it, and because it because learning more about it leads us. Learning more about it in, in in the science leads us more into learning about who God is in in our faith. So, parang, when I'm when I'm thinking about how God created, uh, how God was was forming humanity, and and then He used cells, and then from these cells, uh, they were created from molecules, and then molecules were created from atoms, and then atoms from quarks, and then to the quantum field and all that. That just gives puts you at awe. Na parang God has really put so much thought into his creation that even the simplest thing uh can build out in, into something that is worthwhile that can be self-aware you know and and that re- parang there is no contradiction there parang rather because of what I've learned about science I've come to appreciate more of my faith you know and maybe it it could also work in vice versa because of what you've learned in your faith you become more motivated to learn about how it works, you know. Mm. Yeah, so and how the, you make life better. Mm-mm. We they kind of uh, have this idea of I I was, you know, the book of Job where Job receives uh like punishment even though punishment quote unquote, you know. Mm. He was and then tested. God, yeah, he was tested, and then like God just explained to him. Uh, do do you understand? Yeah. Where like, were parang, you? Where were you? Like, like <laughs> when, the, when the foundations verses. of the world were laid out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like parang, the way it was the way I I'm understanding it now, and and I'm sure I would I would come to understand it differently in the future, is that God has really created these systems, uh, for it for it to work, and and it could look bad now. Or it could look terrible now because we're only looking at it from this perspective. But in the end, it's ordered towards 
the good. Mm. And then from it's a side, an ordered from, world. I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it's we, not we kind of yeah. So then I was thinking of the butterfly effect. Suddenly, na parang just just a certain change in the initial conditions can create wildly different uh, scenarios. And then the snowball effect, na parang some things compound with each other. And parang to understand these phenomena in science. And to read those verses in the book of Job really tells you, know, wow, even though this looks chaotic, God has put an order to it. Or God has seen an order to it that he uses for the good of, of who? Uh, for humanity, for the good of his creation, or really just for the good, for good in and of itself. Because the world is good. And so you suddenly have a greater context of what the butterfly effect or what the snowball effect or what chaos theory brings to the table in science because you know that even though this looks chaotic, there is an order to it in the end. Yeah. That that, that ties back to what we were talking about earlier with the Genesis. Now, I know when people question these because Genesis was not meant to be a journalistic or a scientific document, right? Yeah. It's not meant to show us that this is how it worked. God said this and then this happened. Or rather, it, it's communicating something Theological. It's communicating something about God. And one of the things that it does communicate is that the world was created good. And that the world the world was created um into order from chaos. That there's something about the world that it's it, the there's so much potential in it, and that human beings were placed there in a garden. Right? What do you do in a garden? You till it, you allow it to bear fruit, you take care of a garden. It's a place where God and man can work together. Because if it's just God, then it's a forest. If it's just God, if it's just man, then it's a building. <laughs> and uh, but the garden is a place where God where God and man can work together. And I think these these symbols these images are particular it's specific it's on purpose and in fact when you look back to our history we can find examples of great people in the scientific world who have had religious backgrounds and and you know some of them i'm sure <laughs> one of them just to mention is gregor mendel who was a Ooh, yeah. forerunner of darwin who came up with a, a theory of evolution and we think that you know because of theory of evolution we can disprove genesis but you know this forerunner actually came up with with he was the father of genetics even gregor mendel was a was a priest where was he from do you remember uh, no i'm sorry gregor mendel maybe you can Augustinian? look it up yeah i'm gonna look it up too gregor mendel there you go uh, Gregor Johann Mendel was a meteorologist, mathematician, biologist, Augustinian friar, yeah, and I was abbot right. <laughs> of St. Thomas Abbey. Right, right. Gregor Mendel. Another yeah. one that comes to mind is uh, Georges Lematle. Am I Le pronouncing Ma that right? Georges no <laughs> Lematle, who came up, came up with the Big Bang. Mm. That's the Big true. Bang Theory, which is another thing that atheists or, well, you know, smart people try to disprove <laughs> the claims of scripture. But he was a Belgian Catholic priest, you know, and um, man, these, it's, it's something that's happening until now. We, we, have, we have someone like Francis Collins, who is into the Human Genome Project, and he's not Ooh, Catholic, man. but he's Christian. Um, and, and so we have these great examples of people who have excelled and who have kumbaga, pushed further than most other people when it comes to the scientific world and part of why they were doing that in their time is because uh is because of the worldview that was given to them by the church that was given to them by their faith 
Yeah. Well, I was thinking of uh, Copernicus. Hmm. Parang, uh, Copernicus was a was a priest. But but then like people people throw flack at uh, the church for condemning Copernicus because he was believe he was positing a theory that was against the church. But uh, the reason mm. why which parang, was una, could you Copernicus specify was, for some of okay, the, some of the so, people who might not know? So, so Copernicus uh, uh, was one of the proponents of the heliocentric theory, which was that the Earth revolves around the sun. Mm. But uh, or that the sun was the, the center of the universe yeah, or instead the sun, of the Earth. Not, yeah, the sun was the center of the galaxy. Um, I'm not sure if 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 they've already considered it as different. Yeah, and and parang they I I have to look into the details here. Uh pero ayon, so he was the one who proposed the heliocentric theory. But the reason why he he came to that con- he came to that conclusion was because he wanted to resolve truth. He wanted to resolve certain mathematical truths, and and knowing that truth. Uh, in God is is consistent and and never failing, and so if if there are inconsistencies with math, then there is probably a misunderstanding in how we understand the world works. Uh, one of other famous examples is Galileo, and and the reason why he was condemned was because of also of the heliocentric theory. Uh, but then he was condemned for different reasons. But then yeah, yeah, so yeah that's it wasn't not exactly because of what he claimed. It. it was if I remember correctly. Um, if I remember correctly, I think the church asked him to develop his ideas further before teaching it. And then it was not until later on when he started parodying the church, the ideas and the perspectives of the church, when he was you know, called out for it. Right, yeah. So uh, this kind of calls us back to the idea that uh, science explaining by itself because what what Galileo was suddenly thinking, was was suddenly positing in his, in his other writings was he was, he was you know, memeing. He was making fun. Yeah, that was the word. He, he was, was making, making fun. fun of the interpretations of, of certain priests and, and changing certain interpretations of passage. Yeah. Of Making it of seem like they're passages. simpletons or yeah. that they're ignorant. Yeah, but like Galileo does, didn't really have that in mind. Parang, but he was overstepping his bounds because he was trying to be a theologian where he was a scientist, yeah, and he he was trying to answer other questions when in fact he was only he should, and in fact is only capable of answering these certain set of questions. And so, uh, but but going back to to your point, the reason why these scientists, uh, that are held in high ground as against church believe what they believe because the church has given them yes that that the worldview that uh, science that truth doesn't contradict truth. And and so if there is something wrong with faith, with if there is a conflict between faith and science, then there's probably a misunderstanding with how we viewed the variables or, or how we viewed our understanding of, of how it works. And that's why science is really open to always be to being wrong and changing your perspective. Because you always want it to be focused on the truth. And I think that's a very that's an influence that comes from theology or that comes from god where you you always want to be consistent with the truth you don't you don't want to distort the truth or or to change or to uh change the definition of truth you always want what you believe to reflect with with the truth you know mm. and so i think that's a good way to bring that together maybe as we bring this to a close um because hey, what what we've been talking about, we've been talking about science, we've been talking about these examples, we've been talking about understanding the faith and um, 
I guess the the big thing that that we want to encourage those who are listening to here is is that is that there's more to learn about the faith and that we actually should be seeking and pursuing these things that there is more to see and these are not things that you could always expect people to spoon feed to you and so our encouragement would be my encouragement would be to seek further seek deeper try to look for resources try to look for stuff that you could read try to look for someone who could guide you someone who could teach you through it with all these th- all this, this talk about learning about the faith about understanding that the world is intelligible uh, that that god allows himself to be known even though he is way 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 beyond us um one thing that maybe we could wrap up with is how do we go from here like let's take let's take the example of someone who is either new to the church so the first person someone who's new to this um or maybe has grown up been raised catholic but you know has had some confusing parts in the faith here and there and maybe not too sure about it not too convicted about it it's just trying it out seeing where it goes something that they practice with their family but not something that they really are that invested in let's take that person okay and then the other person would be someone who is more farther, like from the outside looking in to the mm. faith. Someone who wouldn't even identify as Catholic or Christian, but um, you know, maybe listening to this. What do we take from here? Or how how yeah. do we what do we do with this information? <laughs> right. Uh, I guess, I guess with the first person, uh my first thing uh I would like to give a quote again. I don't remember the saint who said it. My mom always attributes it to St. Augustine, but I've never really looked up to it. Looked into it. Uh, but the quote goes, a thousand questions do not make a single doubt. So that, that means, don't be, if, 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 and I'm going to assume like, like this person operates under the assumption that you can't, you can't ask questions. Hmm. That's a particular meaning of doubt that you're drawing upon. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but the the point being don't be afraid to ask your questions do not lead to unbelief. Mean that yeah, do not lead to unbelief or it doesn't mean that uh God is shaky or that God is unfounded upon. It just means that there is more to know. And there's nothing wrong with having questions because it leads you to the truth as as uh Mon has mentioned a while ago, it leads you Further, it, it leads you to to a deeper understanding of 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 the truth when you start asking questions, and that doesn't just apply to science; it also applies to to our faith. Ganon. and it's good to ask questions because it leads us to to understand it more. So don't be afraid to ask questions. That that's the I think it's a great takeaway that I would like you to have if if you're that kind of person. Uh, don't be afraid to to ask questions, and and don't be afraid to research. Uh, mm. Lots yeah, of resources. There's a there are lots of resources. There are some resources that are critical of the church and they're critical of the Christian faith altogether, but that's not all the resources there. In fact, there are a lot. I believe there are a lot more resources that try to find harmony because there is harmony to it. I mean, that has always been the operating system of of people to find harmony of their faith in what they see in the world, and then. And on another thing, there are a lot of smart people who are Christian, and that and who are also Catholic. So maybe it would be nice to ask why do they still believe what they believe? 
why do they still hold on to the Catholic faith even though they're scientists, even though they 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 quote unquote the world tells us that they know more about the truth enough to abandon the faith because faith is just uh, a crutch or, or faith is just something that uh, helps you get up at night, uh, helps you sleep at night. So yeah, don't, don't so yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to research, and then maybe have a community. I guess for the third thing, since you're already an active church goer, I'm going to assume <laughs> you're you're uh, you're a church goer, but you're not really active yet. Have that community that uh, also encourages you. Yeah, get involved, and uh, you could ask questions with them, and then these these folks will help you parse through that. I would say uh, to to go a bit personal here, uh, my parents have been very much encouraging with me asking these questions. Because had they discouraged me, I don't think I would be as uh, as knowledgeable or as wise. Uh, I don't think I would be a guest in this in this podcast. <laughs> because they've encouraged me to to ask questions, and they were lovingly answering me those questions. And I believe you could have that community as well inside the church, where you're allowed to ask questions, and then they would lovingly uh, help you journey through the answers. And then in journeying through those answers, you get to have a deeper more knowledgeable and and stronger even uh, as ironic as it may seem in asking questions your faith becomes stronger but yes it happens na it na as as you journey through these questions you suddenly have a deeper and uh, firmer understanding of of your faith in God and in Jesus yeah any thoughts on that that's true there's there's more to see there's more to know there's more to find um, try to get involved. Live the life, and I think I think it's so easy for us to be trapped sometimes in all the intellectual obstacles. But the faith is also something to be lived out, and Christ is someone to be experienced. He's not just someone to learn about. He is someone to know. And so, in the process of learning these things, let's not just learn the truths. Let's let's know the source of that truth and. For me, that would be my encouragement to allow yourself to to experience, allow yourself to encounter these things. It could start with a prayer. It could start with a sacrament. If you are Catholic, with going back to confession and receiving the Eucharist, that could be that could do wonders for your faith, and that could help give you the grounding for then to, as Jerome was saying, to to face these questions and to wrestle with them because some these questions are really meant to be wrestled with and you're going to come out better on the other side at least that's my hope for you for the for the other person who's outside atheist, looking in yeah who's outside looking in i would say the same thing uh but i would kind of add na I, I'm gonna assume this person values science and and science is just a study of of material things then I would also say theology works in the same way. Theology is just the study of God or the study of uh, spiritual things. And so maybe you could view it from that angle that uh, faith is just not something empty but something that uh, you could learn from, something that there is deep meaning behind. And so looking into that, uh, maybe you could have like a softer view of of the church. Yeah, sure, you might still disagree with the church, but that's how it begins. You know, it it begins with uh, finding common ground, finding finding common ground, and and I think that common ground is faith is 
uh, it's it's not nebulous, but it's something that could be understood, and because it could be understood, you might be cons- you might consider studying it. You might consider looking into it because in in and of itself, I think in a way, faith or theology and philosophy is a science in and of itself, where it takes processes. It uh, it's it's methodical and it's uh, it's logical, you know, and it could bring you to places where you wouldn't believe is possible in in the realm of faith. You know, and how about you? Any 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 thoughts on that, Mon? Still approach these things with humility. It can be so easy to enter into it thinking that you already know, and I understand that because I also feel that way in many aspects, but. There are certain things that will have to be redefined. Like this, for example, if you really think that faith means turning your brain off, then faith is not good. But that's not what faith means. And so if you allow yourself to re-encounter some of these concepts, to re-evaluate some of the things that you believe, if you allow yourself to doubt some of your doubts, then that could be something good to start with. Um, There's this quote from Fulton Sheen, I think. I'm reciting this from memory, so I don't, I mean, I might not get the exact wording right, but it goes like this. It says, not a hundred people hate, not over a hundred people hate the church for what it truly is, but millions of people hate the church for what they think it is or what they think it teaches. And so it's important for us to approach these things and to allow scripture, for example, and allow teachings of the church to, um, to reveal itself. As it is, as it is, not for what we think it is, and um, yeah, be I'm as they say. Hoping for the best for you. Mm. Yeah, be as they say. They say they're open-minded. Well, be open-minded here, and uh, be if if you think you can prove us wrong, then sure. But being open-minded means allowing the other person to have their say and and to see the truth in in what they say, if there is truth in what they say. And yeah, that takes a big amount of humility because it means like uh, shutting off. Uh, it's not gonna be that... easy for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. Especially if it means conver- rearranging your, the way you view the world, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, before just just to give a uh, behind the scenes, Mon and I were talking about uh, our own biases and and how we could be uh, too proud, uh, too proud and too arrogant about our our positions. But that could also be said with with someone who only thinks that science is the only way to go. Because they've convinced themselves and they're arrogant in their positions that that faith has nothing to offer. But uh, if if we're humble enough to realize that we could be wrong, then I think it could open doorways for us to be more forgiving for in in a scientific sense, that giving another person a shot or or allowing certain uh, studies to to inform us, you know. Mm. Yeah. Because if, if your faith is in the right place, the truths that science will reveal to you also will shine brighter. There's more to it. You appreciate it better. You understand further and you it, it, it opens up a whole new way of looking at the same things if your faith is in the right place. And so, yeah. Thanks, Jerome. This, yeah. was, this was really good. Um, I want to encourage people to check out Fish Cracker Faith. So, would you like to tell our listeners about that and where they could maybe find you? Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Fish Cracker Faith is on YouTube. So, you could search it at Fish Cracker. That's one word. F-I-S-H. 
C R A C K E R and then faith. That that's another word, faith. F A I T H. And then when you search it, you just need to look for the logo that has the letter F on it. <laughs> and then I'm also on Facebook, so it's uh, Jerome C Storyteller, I think. Uh, I may be wrong, so you could just search Jerome C. Uh, the profile picture as of this recording is just a f- cartoon photo of me playing the guitar. That's me on Facebook, so that's where I post uh, videos about Fishcracker Faith, so it could be easily shareable online. And and it's if Fishcracker Faith is bite-sized, then what I post there is the bite-sized version of the bite-sized. Because <laughs> it's uh, about a, a 30 seconds to a minute long. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll but make I sure to so, include the links below also so that they could find all right. it. All right, so you could check me out there. And... uh if I have, I guess I would like to be here again if, if given the chance, you know, and, and and maybe there's something new, there's something different that uh, I could plug in. But for now, it's it's just Fishcracker Faith and then Jerome's on Facebook. Thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate that. And if this is something that was helpful for you, I hope it was. Won't you share it with a friend or a family member or on your socials? It really helps when you do that. And there might be someone within your circle who would appreciate something like this as well. That would be really, really cool. And so thanks again. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.